between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Hello, hello, and welcome to Save the Lost at All Cost. I am your host, filling in for Miss Nina Griffin, and my name is Rachel Richardson. And I just want to welcome our listening audience to Save the Lost at All Cost. And right away, I want to go ahead and open up these phone lines for you. The local call-in number is 702-650-KKVV-650-5588. That is the local number. If you are calling from outside of the Las Vegas area, it is 1-800-366-8883. Again, 1-800-366-8883. And that is how you can get a hold of me. Um, also, remember that... Um, Save the Lost at All Cost uh, has all of their previous um, recordings or anything that they've done with um, the radio. You can catch them on savethelostlv.org. Again, savethelostlv.org. And there is a catalog of all of the um, archive shows, and it's absolutely free. Miss Nina wants to make it clear that the gospel does not cost. Amen? <laughs> so, again, you can go to savethelostlv.org. Org, um, to hear all of the radio shows, including the one last week uh, that I did, because yesterday, uh, today is actually uh, part two of what we did last week, A Labor of Love. So I do want to make sure that you guys are aware, again, that this is part two. Um, I am going live now on Facebook, trying to get that connected. So um, I know that Again, some people had asked about that last week, so we are working that out now. And uh, my son should be joining me today, which was a very big surprise. I have a 19-year-old who will be 20 this month, and he said, can I come with you? And so he's going to be making his way this way. His name is Valentino. Um, during this time, I want to be able to thank Miss Nina Griffin, an amazing friend of mine who um, – uh, we've been on such a long journey together for so many years, a very, very good friend of mine, um, uh, and just thank her for giving me the opportunity and entrusting me with her radio show. Um, thank you, Nina. I know you're listening, and I love and appreciate you so much. Um, you, you just, you, you don't even know. You, you, you have no idea. I know you probably won't know till we get to heaven. So <laughs> I do want just to let you know that I love and I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful for you. So, um with that being said, I just appreciate everybody listening. And again, those call numbers are 650-KKVV. That is the local number if you're here in Las Vegas. And if you are not, then the number is 1-800-366-8883. All right. And let's just go ahead and get right into this word. Um, again, we are talking about a labor of love, and I will go ahead and kind of recap what we talked about last week for a minute, just so we can catch up in case you weren't um, able to listen last week. Um, 
uh, we started out in Hebrews 6.10 and um, went on to First uh, Corinthians 16.9. And we ultimately went on to talk about... Um, ministering and how, how we minister to the needs of others, which, which means to take care of the needs of another person. Um, you know what I'll do? Hebrews 6.10. Let's go ahead and read that. I wasn't planning on doing that today because I was kind of just recapping, but I'm going to go ahead and do that because um, I, 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 I think it's necessary. So if you'll go with me right now to Hebrews 6.10, please, and I will definitely follow you there as well. <laughs> um, Hebrews 6.10. And it says, if you get it before me, then please don't hesitate to call in and help me out today. It's been one of those days. (laughs) Um, Oh, but I did have a cousin that I've been praying for. She came to church today. So I was very blessed by that. I mean, don't stop praying. We talked about that last week too, right? Okay, so Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for this opportunity, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would just calm my spirit, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross, Father, and that you would just speak through me. Lord, I desire to be your vessel, God, your mouthpiece, your trumpet, Father, and I just pray, God, that you would just continue, God, to grow me, God, as you grow the people that I'm speaking to, because the message speaks to the messenger first. And I thank you, Father, that you you don't forget. You do not forget about the things that we have done when they're when they're when it's all said and done, God, you would get the glory. And even though you give us the credit, you get the glory. And we thank you for this opportunity, for this radio ministry, Father. I pray you would bless Sister Nina. God, bless, save the lost at all costs. And bring in everything that is needed to continue this radio ministry, Father, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, God, so that you can continue to get the glory. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that was in Hebrews. So we talked about how the fact of ministering, a lot of people think that you have to be a minister, right? You have to be a a reverend or a bishop or a deacon or even a pastor to minister. And that's completely false. Minister, the word minister means to take care of the needs of another person. Jesus met practical needs of, met the practical needs of regular people. Faith. We talked about what faith was because again, we talked about how Abraham through faith and patience, he, he was the one who was able to receive the promises of God. And so faith means complete trust and confidence in someone or something with no evidence or proof. (laughs) And patience means an ability or willingness to suppress restless or annoyance when confronted with delay. How many know we get restless and annoyed when things get delayed? So ultimately, if we can, if we can, uh, if we can willingly suppress the restlessness and the annoyance, um, when we are confronted with a delay, then that's how we can, uh, again, imitate Abraham's faith to be able to attain the promises that God gave us. Um, so today, I'm actually going to be speaking uh, out of Exodus 33:11 because today I really, really want to focus in on relationships. Amen. Because here's the deal. We can minister to people and we can meet the needs of people all day long. But at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is... Our Lord Jesus Christ is all about relationships. He came down here. He sacrificed everything, gave up his deity, gave up his glory to to, to put on flesh, to walk with us, to build 
genuine relationships. And those relationships are really what took the martyrs um, all the way to their graves. The relationship that they had with Jesus Christ is what what allowed for them to get their heads cut off, allowed for them to to get uh, uh, dipped in boil a uh, boil oil or vats of boiling oil. It's what allowed them to go all the way. Because of the relationship that they had with the Lord. Now, had they just heard about the Lord? Because Saul, uh, before he was Paul, he obviously was Saul. And, 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 and God had to, you know, the Lord had to knock him off his high horse, literally, and blind him uh, so that he could see. And the truth of the matter is, he literally got a taste. He was able to taste and see that the Lord was good. Because all means, Jesus could have took him out right there on that road, right? He could have knocked him to his knees and cut his throat. Who knows what could have happened? But because of the relationship, the word of God tells us it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repent. So because of the relationship that that Saul was able to build with Jesus, Jesus was able to turn that everything around and Saul became Paul, one who, who, who wrote much, much of the Old Testament and who started the early churches, who, sp- who broke through the Gentile nations. Saul, uh, Paul was the one who, who went on to do great and mighty things, but it's all about relationships, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to Exodus 33, 11. You know, this is actually when um, Moses had went up uh, to receive the Ten Commandments. He came back down. The, the children of Israel had made this calf. Well, Aaron, actually, mind you, had built the calf, but the children had asked for the calf. Um, and uh, Moses gets upset. He throws the 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 tablets across, you know, and shatters them. And and God's ready to take out all the people. And Moses and Aaron are interceding, and so on and so forth. And and verse thirty three, the journey is resumed. And 33.11 says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Amen? Just as a man speaks to his friend. Now, the Word of God also says that, that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I do believe that when we have the Spirit of the Lord living in us, we can become those friends, brothers and sisters, of people who need somebody at that dire moment. We are, we have the ability, once we built a relationship with them, they will receive from us. They will be, they will receive correction from us. They will receive discipline from us. They, that, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not, as bitter, I'll say, uh, to receive correction or discipline from somebody that you know loves you, genuinely cares about your best interests. It's a lot harder when we're trying to deal with people and <laughs> we're trying to, uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to, uh, deal with people who don't really know us. They don't know our personalities. They don't really know who we are, right? And so their thing is like, oh, well, who are you telling to, you know, put on a longer skirt? Or who are you telling to, you know, put some clothes on? What? And, and so they so they have the, the tendency sometimes when we're not in relationship with them to buck and to rebel. And same thing, to be honest, all throughout the Bible. But it was, you know, interestingly enough, the Lord chose certain people of influence to have a relationship with. And those people who weren't very influential, because I know that, that, you know, in the New Testament, it tells us that not many of you were noble when you were called, not many influential, not many, you, you weren't all that. Let's just get it straight. So when, when you were called, you weren't called because you were all that. And so, and that's first Corinthians one, 26 through 31. So let's go ahead and go there too. Now that it's on my heart to do, um, 
Again, we're going to 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. And again, we're being streamed live at kkvv.com. So if you want to check your girl out, hey, all in purple, go ahead and go to kkvv.com and click on watch live. And there I will be. <laughs> um, okay, so 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Verse 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. Oh, okay. So, uh, for consider your calling, brethren or sisterin, <laughs> that there were not, there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. And why did he do that? Verse 29 tells us so that no man may boast before God, but by doing but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse 31, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts or glory, you need to glory in the Lord or boast in the Lord. And I am coming out of the New American Standard Bible so this is the New American Standard version of the word. Um, and, and that's just it. He called the weak things. Why did he call the weak things? Why did he call those that really weren't, you know, uh, you know, who don't have master's degrees and counseling and different things? And we, we got like GEDs barely. Um, so that we, we don't go, who gets glory in that? Who, you know, God gets glory in that because it, it shows the change. And you know, when you're face to face with someone, it's a personal thing. There is intimacy concern. There is, uh, um, there is sincerity. You could really tell when you're face to face with someone. Like, like Jesus said that, you know, in our opening scripture, Exodus 33:11, that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And, um, so I was at church on the 28th and brother James actually preached a message called face to face with souls. And interestingly enough, he almost preached my message to the T and I didn't tell him that, but I thought, you know what, what great confirmation, man, what great confirmation because being face to face with someone is very personal. So if the Lord is speaking face to face with Moses and you know, when the Lord is speaking to your heart and telling you, don't do that, don't do that. Come here. Nope. Do that. Please speak to that woman over there. You know, speak to that child. He, he, he speaks to us. And then we're like, man, Lord, I'm too busy. I can't, Lord, I really don't have time. You know, I got to be there in two minutes and I got, you know, we have all these excuses for God. Right. But I, I'll tell you this, that in Joshua one eight, it tells us that obedience Right? Obedient. It says obedience to the law. And we know now with the New Testament, we have a new law. Right? Our new commandments are to love God, number one, more than anything else. And thus, number two, love your neighbor just like yourself. Right? So, so we can say that because we have the law, that law, right? The, the law of love, if I may, we know that, um, in verse 1 8 of Joshua, where it talks about the law, it actually says that that's what brings obedience. In Joshua 1 8, it 
It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. So at the end of the day, uh, we, we want to be obedient to the law of love. Amen. We want to be obedient to to loving God. And that is a reflection on how we love our neighbor. And again, I'll repeat it. Don't tell me that you love God if you don't love the person next to you. Period. It doesn't, it, it you, you can't. It, it's unacceptable. It's not accepted to God and it's not accepted to me either, to be honest. So, um, but being face to face with someone is personal. And when we're really doing um, what God has told us to do, then we know that Hebrews 4.13 says that nothing is hidden from the Lord including our motives, our heart, our intention. Why are we doing what we're doing? Yes, we might be the ones that people didn't expect to rise up. We might be the the weak things when God calls us. We might be the debased things when God calls us. But we are not to stay there, brothers and sisters. We are to begin the journey. It only begins there, right? But as people begin to see us grow and they see us change and they see us, uh, we are not drug addicts anymore. We are not prostitutes. We are not in gangs. We are not causing havoc. We're no longer part of the problem, but we are now part of the solution. Because the word tells us that the, the, the word of God tells us that people will see our good deeds and they will glorify our father in heaven. So anything that we're doing for somebody else in love People are going to take notice of. People are going to take notice of, and they're going to glorify our Father in heaven. And we want to be obedient, man. We, I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being broken, unsuccessful. And not just in the ways of the world, but even spiritually sometimes. Because you know what? I know I know, I can get busy. And, and my prayer every morning is, Lord, don't let me be so busy that I miss that woman at Walmart that I was supposed to speak to. And don't let me be so busy that I don't recognize that person at the gas station or that young person that... That, that that's at the bus stop. Lord, don't let me be in such a hurry that I forget to bring hope to, to the hopeless people because you can see it in their faces. It's written all over their faces. And so, again, when we're dealing face-to-face, we're, we're speaking with someone, it's a personal thing. Um, nothing is hidden from the Lord. Again, Hebrews 4.13 says that nothing is hidden from the Lord. And I'll tell you what, when we are talking about, um, again, evangelism or ministry it doesn't have to be evangelism like worldwide evangelism but but how we evangelize even our neighbors how how we speak to them about the lord and how we represent christ will is a big determining factor on whether or not other people even want to be introduced to the lord that we know because at the end of the day we may be the only bible you may be the only bible and you Maybe the only Bible that somebody reads, even on that day, it might just be a that day thing, but, but they needed to hear a word from God. And I don't know if you've ever been here, but I've been here where I just, I couldn't pray. I couldn't get in my word. I could, I I was hurt. Things were happening all around me and I was, I was mad at God in, in some respect. I was hurt. I was upset. I had been hurt in my church or hurt in my home or my husband or whatever the situation and, and being hurt. I, I just couldn't bring myself 
right? I was being hurt and rebellious and stubborn now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> I was being unright. But but the truth be told, um, it was in those times that, you know, I, I would meet I, or I would see the cashier and, and, and her smile and her saying, have a blessed day. Or, her, you know, she reminded me. God quickened me, but she reminded me, you know, because God can quicken our spirit that, hey, even though you you can't find yourself, you can't uh, bring yourself to come find me. I want you to know that I have not stopped being next to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I am right here with you, which is the same thing that he ends up telling Joshua that he told Joshua. Um, when it goes on in Joshua one eight, and then one nine says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever. So it doesn't matter if you're at Walmart. It doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store. Um, it, you, again, it, wherever you may go. I've been asked to give those numbers again. The call-in numbers, if you want to call in and ask some questions. I see some Facebook Live people, so please feel free to call. Uh, the number is 650-KKVV, or 702-650-KKVV, or 702-650-5588. And if you are outside of the Las Vegas or Nevada area, the number is one 800 366 8883 one 8883 So we go on to say that um God is teaching us these things. The Lord is teaching us these things. The Lord is teaching us to to love each other, to love our neighbors, ultimately to love ourselves. Because I think the more that we love God, I have found in my walk anyway, in my experience, that the more that I have really just loved the Lord been grateful to God for, okay, maybe you didn't come through like I thought you would on this thing. But if I look back over my life, I can see your faithfulness all throughout my life. I can see how you came through even when I didn't. Not only did I not expect you to, but I almost didn't want you to in some instances. But you did anyway. You intervened on my behalf anyway. And I know just even thinking about those things that make me grateful, that that bring me to the place of really desiring to to do more for the Lord. Like, man, God, here I am. Send me. I'm willing. And when we, when we genuinely get to that place where we are, where, where, where we're loving God, we can learn to love ourselves because we can't give out what we don't have. So here we are talking about a labor of love, but the truth at the end of the day is if you're not laboring for anybody, it's probably because you don't love yourself. It's not because you don't love anybody else, but it's because you don't you don't love yourself or you don't know how to love yourself if i may so if you are not taking care of the needs of another person on a regular basis mind you this is not just like a once a year special event taking care of the needs thing no if you're not doing this on a consistent basis then 9 times out of 10 that definitely means that you you don't love yourself. So you have to learn that. You have to ask God to give you that. God, teach me to love myself. I know when I got saved, I had an incident before I got saved um, where I had accidentally shot my uncle and, and killed him. And I could not love myself. And I had two children who I could not love property, properly, uh, who I ended up kind of surrendering to the family type of thing. And I, it was very, very, very hard to love a murderer you know, it was very hard to love myself. And God really showed me that 
me loving me was not about me. It was about the Christ in me. It was about the Holy Spirit that lives within me. And so if I could grasp the idea that I love the God that lives within me, then I would in turn learn to love myself. And I think this generation now has a lot of uh, demonic influences, whether it be through the music, uh, through their through the drugs. I mean, these these bath salts. You know, when I was growing up, we just took a bath with them. We didn't, we didn't like try to smoke them, snort them. We weren't we weren't doing all that. <laughs> so I'm, you know, this generation. I, I read an article one time that said they were like uh, uh, smoking bed bugs, just crazy. You know, a, a, a lost, you know, the word of God calls it a, a, a perverted generation who just, for whatever reason, feels as if they are the ones who kind of um, are losing out or are missing out. And we have to be the ones who let these young people know that serving God is fun, man. Serving God is fun. And we have to be able to let them know they are beautiful with clothes on. You do not have to be half-dressed to be beautiful. And in doing that, that becomes our labor of love. All my boys are here. Yay. So, come on. Come say hi. Come say hi. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all interruptive. Hi. Come on. So, this is my son, CJ. And CJ is seven. Say hi. Hi. So that's my son CJ, and then here is my son Valentino. Say hi. How y'all doing today? <laughs> hi, son. How are you? Good. How you doing? Hi, Terrell. And you know I have a lot of community kids, so Terrell's one of my sons too. How are you? Come say hi. How y'all doing today? <laughs> so yes, yeah, sir. See, in that type of stuff, we have to be able to take time out to recognize people, to identify people, to say hey. You know what? You matter. You matter. Do you want to say something? What would you like to say? Um, hi. <laughs> That's my son, CJ. He's my, he, he's the one who taught me to love myself, too, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it was. No? Um, so back to, <laughs> so if you guys get done and you want to join me, then come on. Okay, well, I got chairs just in case, so. I want to join you. Okay, go eat first. Okay. Okay, we're not going to do this. I'm sorry. I apologize. So, 1 Corinthians 16.9 says, <laughs> For a wider door for effective service has opened up to me, and there are many adversaries. And adversaries are one's opponents in a contest, a conflict, or a dispute. So anytime we have a door to be able to minister to people effectively, not just minister. Because, you know, I see, I see a lot of organizations throw real big events, and I talked about this a little bit last year, but, but, um, they throw big events and they do big things, and really, what are, who are you ministering to? Is it the needs of the people, or is it the needs of your ego? Amen. Are you ministering to the the community by doing what you do or are you ministering to yourself by making sure everybody knows you did it? So we, we really have to watch that. We got to be able to check. We got to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to check us, first of all, because if we check ourselves, we, we're we're usually out of bounds. But if the Holy Spirit checks us, there's a different kind of check in our spirit that comes up that reminds us that that anything done in humility is going to last. That reminds us that that, that God knows he searches all things. He, he, he searches the deep things. Right. And so because of that, we understand that, that that we might be able to put on a front for the community and for others as if this is for them, this big 
whatever it might be, but we know it's for a grant. Mm. Hello. I'm speaking to somebody. We know it's not for what, what it probably should have been for. And God knows that our heart wasn't in it to genuinely help the people. It was in it because we knew that, that, that we'd be able to get a little something, something from it. Our kids would gain from it. The, the people we would gain from it. You know, I attend Victory Outreach and every year we do this really big backpack event. And one of the key things is that the Victory Outreach kids that attend the church don't get backpacks. And I'll be honest, that first year, boy, it made me upset. And I wasn't, we still had our business and, you know, but I was upset that, that, you know, I felt like this is our church. Our kids should get like first dibs type of thing. But I was, of course, I'm very vocal. So I went to one of the leaders and I said, this just doesn't seem fair. You know, why don't our kids, you know, the church kids, basically, we're putting on this event. We're giving away a thousand backpacks to the community. Why don't the kids of the church be able to get backpacks and supplies also? And this is what I was told. I was told because this is about teaching our young people to give without any expectation of receiving and I was like wow if we can teach these young people to do that and trust me they were more upset than the parents at times but if we can teach these young people this generation to give with no expectation then they will grow up with that same mentality. And then when those wide, when those doors for effective service open up wider and the opposition is against them and the adversary is against them, those young people will know for certain that as long as they do what they're doing to glorify God genuinely, then they're not going to have to worry about the opposition that comes their way. That opposition has already been taken care of because we understand that just like Jesus, or just like the Lord, just like God himself, the spirit of the Lord, you know, the Lord spoke face to face with Moses as a man speaks to his friend. We can be confident that when we cry out to the Lord, he will be the one that will answer the questions for us. He will be the one that will take notice of us. He will be the one that will take care of our children as well. He will be the one that will either bring it to fruition and have it come to pass or it'll be destroyed in the mist and anything that is for God will last anything that's for God as a matter of fact you know after Jesus was killed and the Romans had taken over and they said take all the Bibles and burn them and Ultimately, it was said that if this is of God, it's going to last. There's nothing you can do about it. This will last. But if it's not, if it is not, then it won't last long at all. So we don't have to worry about putting our hands in it. And here we are 4,000 years later, 2,000 years later, and it's still lasting. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys that when we are doing stuff for others, when we're genuinely helping people because, because it's who we are. Not because it's what we want, but, but, but because it's who we are and, and it's what the Lord has said to do, then it will last. Because all we do is plant and water. It's God who brings the increase. Everybody's not going to get us, right? Everybody doesn't get me. And I get that now. I didn't understand that at first. But everybody's not going to get us and that's okay. But at the end of the day, if they get that God has a plan for their lives, a purpose for their lives, if they get the realization, the revelation, the, 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 the revelation and the realization genuinely that they are not in this life alone, they don't have to do it alone, 
then they are going to be ones who when times get hard and the struggle is real and Miss Rachel doesn't answer the phone or or their mother doesn't answer the phone, they're going to be able to know how to call on God, man, how to get on their knees and go, Lord, I don't know what this is. All I want to do is serve you. I'm trying to do this for you. And these things are coming against me and I need your help. We got to we got to raise up a generation of prayer warriors, man, a generation of intercessors, because in this labor of love, it cannot be done without prayer. Because it's the effective, fervent prayer of one who's been accounted as righteous through the blood <laughs> that avails much. Amen. It's that one that God hears. Because we got to, you know, I heard David Wilkerson say that we need to be in anguish. If, if our need is not birthed out of anguish, then it's not birthed at all. Because when we anguish for something, when we anguish for our children or for this generation or for other people's children, young people are my heart. That's my heart, my soul. I know that's my calling. And when we anguish from them, God will give them to them. God will rescue them for us. We don't have to rescue anybody. We're not anybody's savior. Amen. But in this labor of love, we have to be able to have wisdom. We have to use wisdom in that we can't save everybody. So even when they do call, we can't be afraid to go, you know what, I, 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 I can pray for you. Because when we do that, it gives us the ability to show them where our dependency is. I don't, I don't depend on my own bank account. I can't. But I can depend on my heavenly account. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't have um, parents I can depend on like that. I don't have, you know, I, I really have to be able to say, okay, Lord, you know, my husband's not working. Thank you for continuing to heal his body but our daughter's getting married lord we need you to come through or our, our, our you know our our another one of our young ladies wants to go to you know our kids go to a charter school and um there's uniforms and, and all kind of fees just different things that are involved and you know what god you got to come through you know i can call on my heavenly father even if i can't call on my biological father amen and i teach my own kids that and they got a man of God. They're, 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 my husband is a man of God. But I teach my kids that. You know, when you can't call on, on, when you cannot call on your dad, because obviously our business is closed now and things are the way they are, but you can call on, you know, your, your heavenly daddy. You can call on your heavenly father. He will be, he will never leave you or forsake you. He will come through. He will answer. And when those effective, when those, uh, wider doors for effective service open up and the opposition comes and the adversary comes and it just seems like, ah, oh, like it's just this constant, constant, constant. I want you to know that you're blessing. The enemy knows what's right around that corner, man. And they say that the breakthrough, and I've heard it said a hundred million times and I've lived it, man. The breakthrough, the breakdown, I apologize. The breakdown is right before the breakthrough. The enemy knows what's on the other side of that door. He knows we'll be effective on the other side of that door. He knows that lives are going to be touched and souls are, are going to be uh, rejuvenated, refired. People are going to remember that they have a purpose. And he does not want that to happen by any means necessary. So he just unleashes and bombards and, and, and thinking that that's going to be, that's going to work. And a lot of times I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but a lot of times it does work. And we find ourselves in a situation that, man, if we would have just held on, the blessing was genuinely right around the corner. The blessing was right around the corner. 
And I know Jeremiah 1.5 says that before I formed you, I knew you. Before he formed us, before I formed you, I knew you. I separated you. I had ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be in India somewhere, <laughs> you know, telling people to repent and prophesy. And, you know, but it does mean that when God gives you opportunity, again, whether it be at the grocery store, the gas station, your kids' school, church itself, it doesn't matter. When God is that when there is a God given opportunity to speak life, not you, not you don't have to preach a sermon. You know, a lot of people think that just to speak life, you got to preach a sermon. That is, no. Nobody wants to hear a two-point, three-point sermon sitting in Walmart. That's not it. But she does want to hear that it's going to be okay, that God's going to make a way. And the Lord will give you specific things to say, like, oh, you know, ma'am, I just want you to know that God has said that you will get your children back. Your knee will be healed. Your car will be fixed. Things that people think God's not. Why would God even care about these things? And then God uses us. God uses you and me to to just speak life to a person. And that encounter with us takes them to a whole nother realm. Because they get to understand that, man, God, you are real. You use a complete stranger. And this might even be sometimes the door of effective service the Lord's talking about. It doesn't have to be like you're getting ready to open up a mega church. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you are getting ready to water a seed in somebody's life that is going to allow God to bring the ultimate increase, which is salvation. That is going to take the scales off this person's eyes. All because we took the time to say, you know, your knee is healed or you will get your kids back or your car will be fixed or, you know, uh, or, or when God asks you to pray for somebody and you pray for restoration between, you know, them and their parents or things that they know you shouldn't even know about. That's when the ministry becomes effective because we allow God to use us. We, we, we allowed Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior to reside, the Holy Spirit to reside in us. And we can speak truth into somebody's life. We can speak life by way of truth into somebody's life. And they then recognize, boom, that the Lord is real. It's like after Jesus died, there are two men walking down the road. Jesus walks up behind him and then they start telling him, you know, everything that's going on and and they tell him well where have you been like you didn't you don't know this that jesus was just crucified and that they don't recognize it's jesus they don't even know it yet they invite him into their house jesus comes into their house he sits down with them he 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 breaks bread the bible says and then their eyes are open once he breaks bread their eyes are able to be opened And once their eyes are opened, they have the ability to see who it really is. And he's gone. Just like that. And that's how we are. Right? That's how we are when we're at the grocery store. That's how we are when we're at the gas station. That's how we are. You know, I like to make sure people have a phone number or whatever. But the truth is, even if they don't, they have the Lord's number. Even if they don't, they recognize that it was only God that pulled them out, that gave them this word. They recognize that. 
because I don't know anything about them. And they're able to really be like, you know what? There must be a God. Because this total stranger uh, who came in to my life at the grocery store was able to tell me, you know, all about me. It's like when the woman at the well, she goes back and she tells the whole town, come see a man who was able to tell me everything I've ever done. That is effective ministry, ladies and gentlemen. Come see a man who has told me whatever, everything I've done. And, and what happens? They, they, they come see this man and, and ultimately it's Jesus. <laughs> and that's how we want him to be. We want them to go home telling their family and their children, you know what? No, I saw this lady at the store and she told me that, that, you know, you're going to be all right. That, that, and I may not be specific, like God's going to heal the leukemia in your son, but, but she's able to take what God has spoken to her in that Walmart, wherever, and she can run with it now. And that too is our labor of love. We got to remember that we're not, we're not, uh, we're not exempt either because we, we can come so far with the Lord and then what? And then all of a sudden we think we're, we've arrived, right? All of a sudden we, we, we're not a base anymore. We're not, we're not, you know, we, we go around like, well, I'm not the head, I'm the tail. I mean, I'm not the tail. We are the head, we're not the tail. We're above, we're not below. And, and then, and then people who are not in the church start looking at us like, but what do you do? You know, they, they start getting a grudge almost against church people because they feel like church people only care about church people. You know, and we can make our dad look bad sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. We we can we can brothers and sisters, we can we can make the Lord look bad by the way we speak to people, by the way we judge somebody. That's not our place. And I heard somebody say before, well we we can judge people as long as they're in the house of God, but not with a critical judgmental spirit. That's not our place. We can point out a fault or a sin to a brother or sister, and that is in the company of an elder or somebody, you know, so there's certain, but we're not just to go around just pointing out everybody's flaws, just telling them, uh-uh, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't, you shouldn't wear that for sure, you shouldn't, no, who are we? Because in this labor of love, we're going to find that people aren't perfect and neither are we. And if we could build relationships with people like we opened up the show talking about, then guess what? We can change people's lives. Without the relationship, there is no discipline. The Word of God says that God disciplines those that He loves. So if you're out there just trying to correct and rebuke people and discipline them, and but you don't love nobody, you're going to be met with mad opposition. And don't be mad when somebody actually tells you off because, you know, people don't have a problem letting church people know where they should fit in. And I, I think that we really need to. And I thank God for Sister Nina's ministry. Because one thing she does here on Save the Lost at All Costs. She she equips us deeply within our word. To be able to use that as as yet another tool that we have. That when, when you know, when the church is even speaking sometimes. Whether it be on tithes and offerings. Or on um, some of the feasts I know I've heard her speak about. Um just different things. We are able to actually line up the word of God because, again, sometimes even things coming over the pulpit may not always be correct. But it's not to be judgmental to our pastors. So 
So we have to remember that. There's a thin line. Because 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, But I discipline my body. Well, verse 26 says, Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. 27. But I discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And I just think, you know what, Lord? I don't want to be disqualified. We're not exempt. We are not exempt. And then I'm going to read this to us too. God just put this on my spirit. So, First uh, Corinthians 10. For I do not want you to be unaware or ignorant, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. Verse 5. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happened as, as examples for us, so that we will not crave evil things as they also craved. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. They didn't care nothing about God. And again, these are ways that we can we can become those who get disqualified. Nor, the, verse 8, nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did. And were destroyed by the destroyer. Or complaining brings the destroyer. Another version says. Verse 11. Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed. That he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. You judge what I say. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread who we are all many who, wait, since the, verse 17, since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So don't forget, we're all in this together. And we don't want to be complainers. We don't want to be grumblers. We don't want to be people who are idolaters, meaning uh, I, we have idolatry. And people don't even realize sometimes that just simply just – and this doesn't say that they built the calf and they did this and that. They said the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. God is not mentioned in any of that. 
So they began to idolize what? Eating and playing. God did not run that. God didn't have any intervention in that. They didn't even call out to God. Which ultimately led them to have the desire to build a God. Because again, they didn't acknowledge the God that they did have. Because Moses, because they couldn't see Moses physically. They could see that Moses was on the mountain and they saw the smoke. and they, But because they couldn't physically see Moses, they felt like, okay, well, we're kind of free, right? When the when the uh, cats away, the mice play. So the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. And it wasn't long after they did not acknowledge the Lord anymore that they desired to build a God and went to Aaron and asked him to build a calf and so on and so forth. And that story is also in Exodus, and you can read that on your own time. But but that's how it happened, just that simple. And there are times that we we begin to go into things, and we we are we are eating and drinking and playing, and we're but we're not acknowledging God in any of those things. And it's not long before we begin to drift. And the next thing you know, because we haven't acknowledged God, now we see God's not really acknowledging us. He's trying to back us up into a corner. He desires for us to call out to Him. He wants us to cry out to Him funny as a parent I'll take you know my kids is I'll take a, a shoe or, or their phone or something that I know is important to them why because they're going to come to me and they're going to say mom where's my shoe where's my phone and then I'm going to go okay next time please don't leave this in my hallway or don't leave this over there because you almost left it at the church or you know I'm able to kind of explain to them where I'm coming from but the truth is I do it on purpose sometimes how much more the Lord when he can genuinely help us with everything. How much more the Lord? And when we are trying to do a work for him and we want it to be effective. We don't just want it to fall on deaf ears or or hard soil. But we want the work we're doing to be effective. God is going to remove some things so that we call out to our father. And we ask him. Lord, what happened to this resource? I need a, I need another resource for this particular situation, for housing, Lord. I, I need a resource to be able to get these, you know, these families clothing, whatever that is. I mean, just, I, I'm just saying off the top of my head, cause again, these are some of the things that I do during the week. Um, but it's just the truth. Man will fail us. They don't have what we need. So in closing, cause I've, Four minutes left. So I'm going to close. I'm going to wrap this all up. The last two weeks, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. We are to understand that as we take care of the needs of others or of another person, that the Lord will take care of our needs. As we refresh others, we ourselves are refreshed. The Bible also says that we go through hard times and trying times so that we are to help another brother or sister and we're able to comfort them. With the same comfort that the Lord comforted us with. That's a ministering angel. Right here on earth. I know a woman who's lost some children. She has a ministry um, um, called Mother, Mother of Angels. And I recently have met some more people who have lost children. And I've been able to refer them to this ministry. I'm not one who's lost a child, but... I know this woman, I know her heart, I know it took years for her to walk in this ministry, but I also know now that it's reaching many, many mothers. Because it's not easy, I I can assume it's not easy. But I love to be able to send them where they're going to have the support that they need. And so when we're ministering, it's going to take faith, it's going to take patience, but we will receive the promise. 
And when we begin to walk through those wider doors uh, that are going to produce a more effective service, when they are open up, remember that there's going to be opposition. But my recommendation, ladies and gentlemen, is to be on the offensive as, as opposed to the defensive. We need to start praying before those doors are open. We need to come against the enemy and his tactic and his arrows before those wider effective doors are open because that is how we are going to be able to uh, be one step ahead of him, if I may. Well, if we if we go through these doors just thinking la 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 and then we get hit or our kids get hit or our health gets hit or something drastic happens, then all of a sudden we're in desperation mode. Like, oh God, please. But you know what? What happens then is the effective door of ministry kind of gets put to the side because now, oh, my son or my children or my husband's sick or my, oh, you know, we lost our job. Whatever's happened has happened. And so that effective door kind of gets closed just a little bit. It may not get closed all the way, but now we're here trying to deal with the issues that we have going on. But if we are already expecting opposition, if we already know that the enemy is upset because lives are going to be changed and restored, then we are to be on the offensive side. We need to be the ones who are praying beforehand and coming against the attacks beforehand and not just coming against the attacks, but also building up our children and our families and our husbands and our marriage and our money and whatever else in prayer beforehand so that as that door opens, we have the ability to know that we know that the enemy is stopped dead in his tracks even beforehand. And I just want you to remember that Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says that uh, love and lo- or I'm sorry, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. And Joshua 1.8 tells us that obedience to the law, obedience to these things, obedience to our Lord and Savior is going to bring prosperity and success, ladies and gentlemen. And ultimately, God knows we need money to operate our, our effective ministries on this earth. He's not stupid. So let's not treat him like it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out. Please save the lost at all costs. Thank you, Sister Nina, for allowing me to be on your show. You're absolutely amazing. I love you. I love the 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 ministry and save the lost at all cost um, save the lost lv.org it is our humble prayer that the most high god of all creation and our lord and savior jesus christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of god with your generous donations save the lost at all cost is a holy spirit field live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater las vegas community we can be heard every sunday at 302 p.m pacific standard time on las vegas Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All 
donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Right on.